Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is March 18th. It's a Monday, the beginning of the week, a new week in our life. So a new Monday in our lives as well, when you think about it that way. Um, I did want to make an announcement. So today, the show may not record right after. For some reason, they were having a lot of trouble with it last week, and they had to retrieve the shows. So the shows are recording. They're just not able to upload them. So this morning, we got like this little red flag announcement on Blog Talk, and it said, due to a work in progress on our infrastructure, the import of your live show could be slightly delayed, like in days if you didn't say anything. It would be archived in a few minutes after the recording is finished. So just so you know, be patient. It was like such a problem last week. But the cool thing was that so many people were listening in archives. So that was a good thing. And, you know, on top of what goes on in the switchboard and, and all of that. So that's very, very cool. And thank you guys all the time. Just do these shows. So today's show, it's a touchy one. And it's a touchy one because we sometimes aren't even sure if it's our ego talking or our mind talking or what in our processing is going on. And the the bigger thing is I couldn't tell, not only with myself, but other times with someone talking to me because ego is very subtle and it'll come in any way it can because its job isn't for you to live in its thinking process. Its job is to kind of force you to question yourself and then grow out of your your thinking process and grow not a destination. And if you just think of ego is not like in capital letters not a destination, it will help you decipher what is your ego and what isn't. Because let's think a thought through. Because the ego is part of us. It's it's not part of us that we come with it because it doesn't come with us from home. But it's part of the energy on earth and it gets invited in through fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. And when I say control, it's not just somebody who's controlling and needs to have their way and all of that, but people who are controlled through manipulation, people who are controlled through abuses, people who are controlled through anger, you know, all of that goes under control because all of those things are ways for someone to try to dominate another person in some way. But ego itself, how does it sway from the better choices because it's going to be there. And I don't care what stage of the game you are in, in terms of how evolved you believe you are or not. It surprises people when they think they've been evolved and then ego shows up. And I'm like, it's always there. It will challenge every step of the way. But we can't be scared of it and we can't think, oh, my God, I'm going to do everything I can so ego doesn't come in. Ego's going to come in. 
but it's how you deal with it, how to recognize it. Because once you recognize it, it loses its power. Once you recognize it, it loses its power. And the reason that happens is because it is only workable when it's not seen. It's only workable when you don't know it's your ego. And then you find out later. But if you can see it on the onset, it cannot do its work because if you can see it, it means you don't need that phase of learning. And it got to the point where when I would recognize it, I would be like, wow, that's all you've got? Jeez, you're so much weaker than I thought you were. Because it is an energy, just like we have cell energy in the air. We have ego energy in the air. It's learning on all levels. So it creates the situations that we know aren't the best answers in the beginning. Those are the times we go back and say, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do it? That why is huge. But why did I do it? And yet it makes the choices so attractive. makes it so attractive. It starts showing you pictures in your head of how successful you're going to be, how it's going to go your way, how it's going to look the next day. It's really interesting how it has an entire ad campaign built into it. And it does. That ad campaign is going to sell you hard, and it will work easily. It doesn't work as hard as a real ad campaign. Everybody wants to feel successful, and so it knows that. It knows that if we feel a little insecure, we're going to think, wow, it would be really nice to feel better about myself, and maybe I can feel better by doing this. And sometimes that involves rolling over other people, taking advantage of other people, manipulating other people, or you yourself having to lie to make things bigger than they are, or to lie to get what you want. And then the bottom side of ego is that it will leave you high and dry at the end. It never shows you the issue not working out. It always shows you the issue working out, but it doesn't have a solution for when people find out that what you did wasn't okay. And then after all of that, it will leave you living with whatever it was that happened as a secret. And then when you live with enough secrets, you start to feel like something's wrong and nobody really knows the real you because you know what you are capable of listening to and responding to. And then as you grow through life and you grow older, you might be able to look back and laugh at how silly that was. But somewhere in there, you kind of need to talk out what you've done so that you can put it in its place. It's a very interesting thing, the way ego does it. When 
you think that you're doing great and you wake up and you're having a great day and you have this random thought that just came out of nowhere of something that you may not need to be doing, a thought of temptation. And people who have cheated on a partner will say, I was very surprised by that thought, but I couldn't get it out of my head. They may never had the initial intention to cheat. But now this thought is in their head. They met a person and ego starts showing you images of what you could be doing with that person. You guys could go out for dinner. You could get to know each other. What a first kiss would look like. What a second kiss would look like. How you could build a life with them. How it would be easy to leave your partner. Blah, blah, blah. Just goes on and on and on but you don't act on it. And then you notice over time, if you don't pay attention to those thoughts and you talk back to those thoughts and you say to those thoughts, hey, wait a minute, I'm not looking to mess up my life. Or, hey, wait a minute, I love the person I'm with. I don't need to complicate things. You can talk back to it that way. That's your self-love versus ego. That's your truth versus ego. That's your recognition versus ego. But let's say someone doesn't listen to that. And they say, oh, wow, I'm attracted to that person. And, and then you realize they're attracted to you, which now boosts your ego. When they say boosting your ego, that's what happens. So then you go, oh, man. Nobody's really thought of me as attractive for a long time. Nobody goes around telling everybody, oh, well, you're attractive. Well, you're attractive. Maybe close people might, but it's not something that everyone says. But the newness of it, the novelty of it becomes attractive in itself. So now you guys are paying attention to each other and you know it. And then one day you get to talking. And then maybe you might decide, well, you know, we're friends. Let's go to lunch. Then you go to lunch. You're at work. You go to lunch. No harm, no foul. But then over time, the ego starts chipping in at you, telling you, hey, wouldn't it be great to, like, to know this person more? What would it be like if if you kissed her? And what would it be like if you did this? And, And it starts the ball rolling. And if you listen to it, the minute you do kiss that person, it it makes you feel weird, makes you feel odd. It makes you feel like you just betrayed everyone around you, betrayed your coworkers, you betrayed your partner, you betrayed your children, you betrayed your families, everything you have built feels like now you've done something that if all of those people knew, they would not think of you in the same way that they thought of you prior because they'll be like, well, why would you do that? Well, how could you do that? Well, the why and the how is the ego. It told you it'd be okay. Nobody would ever know it's only one kiss. Wouldn't it be great to find out what that would feel like? Oh, my God. 
and then you do it, and it leaves you with no plan afterwards because now you've done it. Now you've got to go home and face your partner as though you didn't do it. Now you've got to play with your children as though you didn't do it, but you can't because it's the first thing you think about now. And let's say it woke you up and real, made you realize how much your family means to you. And then you go to that person and say, you know what? I can't talk to you anymore on a personal level. It really messed with my mind and it's not okay. I have responsibility and I love my partner. Have I met you at a different time? It would be different. But just to live in that truth. But now you feel like you have to tell your partner you did, and then it's going to cause trouble there, so you don't say anything, and it's still something you carry. Because ego does not have an exit plan. If you work in a company and you're in charge of the money, a few thousand here and there, nobody would ever know. You found a way to cook the books, and ego's telling you, well, you don't make enough money here. They don't pay you enough here. You can go on vacation if you do this and if you do that. You can go away. You could buy yourself that car you've always wanted. Everyone else has a car they want, and it starts talking to you. And then you go, you know, I'll only do it once. Nobody will ever know. And I've earned it. Deserve it. My boss has a car. Why did they have the car they want? Why did they have the house they want? He's always going on vacation. Why can't I go on vacation or have those same kinds of vacations? And you start talking like that to yourself. And then ego which is the whole deal, will now start giving you flashes. Remember, the advertising campaign. And it will show you, you in the Bahamas, or you on a cruise ship, or you in Europe. And it will show you how it won't affect your current finances because you're just going to borrow this money and maybe pay it one day back or maybe never if nobody notices it. So you do it. You do it that first time. You're really careful about doing it. You're really thinking you might pay it back because so you got to be able to deal with yourself. And you go on that vacation. And then you go, wow, nobody actually noticed. It's been some time. I went on the vacation. The vacation was great. Family was happy. Man, what if I just one more time? And that way I could put a pool in our yard. Now you're going a little bigger. And you do it again. And the ego shows you how nobody knew and how you can do this. But now you're not able to look your coworkers in the eye. Now you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm not as bad as those people that really do it because I think I'm going to pay it back. And you go on and on. And one day, they decide to bring in internal auditing because anyone who runs a company at some point 
is going to realize money's leaving. And they found out that once somebody does it, because it's so brand new and so novel, nobody catches it right away, the person who did it starts to feel safe that it's okay to continue to do it. So what happens? These little seeds of ego, they're working, and they're telling you it's going to give you a better life, but is it a better choice? Because the minute you actually take action on what it's asking you to do, it goes away. And it leaves you with fear, doubt, worry, controlling guilt. And when we have those feelings, we don't rest mentally. We actually become hyper-focused on those feelings. Because even if no one knows, we know what we've done. We are the ones who aren't going to be able to sleep. We are the ones who are going to take out that feeling on other people. And the minute we cheat anything, like Christ said, a cheater's a cheater's a cheater, the minute we cheat anything or anyone in life, part of the lesson is that you walk around and think everybody lies because you did. Everybody cheats because you did. Because the only way your ego can keep you in that place is to let you think that everybody does it. There is no honest people. The whole world's going to hell. You might as well get what you want when you can get it. It goes that far. The seeds of ego start with the thought side you. It's nothing you would actually do. So you have to ask yourself when that comes to your door. Why did I just have that thought? Because I would have never thought of that. I would have never thought of it. I've had people who told me that they lost it and beat their kids. But the people who truly lost it in anger never had a chance for ego to hit. They just had a reaction. When they went back to tell their children they were sorry and that they would never do it again and they never did it again, the child will heal because it was a spontaneous thing. But what if someone says, hey, you can take advantage of a child. Nobody will ever know. Scare the child. Don't let anyone find out. So how would you do that? Well, I'll I'll intimidate and scare the child. And then you, you listen. That's ego. That's ego. I knew someone who asked their children to steal. That's, that's a form of abuse, of course, because you're teaching them activity as regular adult-sponsored activity. And they, you can only give what you, what you have. So the kid didn't have time for the ego to tell it what to do. A parent told it what to do. And when that happens, you have to undo it, but it's, you know, the conscious of that person is what we're really dealing with. It's really a very interesting thing between things that happen and how we heal. Because with ego, we know at the end of the day, we're either in denial that it's our ego 
That's why when someone tells me they have no ego, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just because ego looks like it's bad and you want to distance yourself from it, saying you don't have an ego is your ego tricking you because it's telling you that it's not there. So then anything you think you're going to think is your thought alone. But the great filter question is, where does this thought want to lead me? Where does this thought want to lead me? How do we talk back to that? How do we talk back to those thoughts? I had a situation once. It was a long time ago, but I had it. And I remember it. And I remember where I was. I remember why I was there. I remember all of that. But I was going to meet someone for dinner. And on my way to meeting him for dinner, he's a friend of mine. Knew him, know him still for over 10 years. And somewhere in there, each other. And it, it, was like very clear in my head that I did not need to be going to dinner with him that night. And as I was driving home from wherever I was, I I don't even, I think I remember, but I was driving home and I remember exactly where I was when I had the thought. And I go, that's weird. I never ever thought of doing that before. Why am I thinking it now? And it was like up the ante. Okay, we got the friendship there, and it's been there for a long time. And now this person's having issues in their own life with their partner. Here I was having these images and these thoughts, and I thought, why did I never think them before? Why am I thinking them now? Instead of saying, oh, wow, that'll be great. Can't wait to go to dinner. I was really concerned, but only because... By now, I saw Christ. I've been taught all this stuff about intentions. And then I said, what is my real intention? Because that will rival your ego. Your intentions, your real intentions will always rival your ego. So what happened was I said, oh, that's not me. That's that's, that ego trying to cause a ruckus in my life. And I don't want a ruckus. I don't want a sideshow. I don't want drama. So then I said, took it a step further, and I said to God, I said, God, don't let me see this person tonight. I'm going to call and cancel tonight. I know I'll probably see him again, and I love him to pieces. I I would do anything to help this person but I cannot see this person tonight because the ego, my ego to interfere with the friendship and ruin the friendship that I have. And within five minutes of me having that thought, he called me and he said, I am so sorry I cannot go out tonight because my daughter just called. I'm going to see her. And I said, that is great. Thank you for letting me know. 
I got off the phone. I was so happy. I'm like, thank you, God, that you didn't even make me be the one to call and cancel. The minute you know what to ask of God, it will take ego and dissipate it. It will just disappear. And instead of still going to the dinner, fighting those feelings, trying to figure out why ego's doing that now when it never did it before, creating trouble on trouble on trouble. So fast forward, because I faced that feeling, because I talked to God about it, because I didn't go to dinner that night, choices. I ended up having a great night. I felt so good that I listened to what my intentions were over and above what my ego tried to lay out for me for that night and for the next day and the next day and then have me hold all this stuff. And later on, when I saw him again, I told him what happened. And I said, God is the ego. My ego was not able to get away with that. And I said, you know, let's focus forever on us having our friendship because that we'll have forever. If the ego starts jumping in and trying to show us images of things that aren't ours, and we know it, or we would have done something about that if it was real and whatever from the beginning. We would have done something about it then, but we did not. A friendship. And just because you're a man, it starts to muddy up the waters because the ego's job is to take away our power. And it does it through ad campaigns that we are going to be successful with the thought it's giving us. But it's not a destination. We'll lose our friendship. But I was really honest about it. And he thanked me. But then after that, he goes, holy cow, are you strong? I said, I don't know how strong I am. But I'm honest with myself. Enough to protect the friendship. That conversation solidified our friendship from that day forward. I said, we never need to ever slap on top of our friendship anything to hide because we will behave that way when we're in front of people. We'll be weird. If people ever ask us, we can't say we never did. That's a whole ball of wax I don't need in life. And I know you don't need. And I will always and forever protect the friendship of the two of us under any circumstances. And what he actually heard that made him trust me forever without me even realizing it 
was somebody who talked back to ego. Was someone who talked back to ego and won. And the freedom and the way it builds you inside to not talk back to ego in the language it is talking to you in, but to talk back in a language based on self-love in your lifetime. And tomorrow, we're going to do a part two, and we're going to take many situations. And if you want to add situations, when I post the show of what you'd like to know about ego, we will address that tomorrow. Because the way we talk back to ego, what I said, what I asked God for, all of that taught me how, I want to say, egoless ego is. It just runs away. You guys have a great start to your week. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.